is tight. Yeah, okay. I'm Santuan. I'm Antoine. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's a lifestyle. The lifestyle. Our lifestyle. How that lifestyle been treating you? Man, that lifestyle been treating us good, man. I can't complain right now. That lifestyle got us sitting with one of the best interviewers in the game. If you know, you know. So what we about to get into, we about to get into the real doggy diamond story. We go take it all the way back. We go give you something that probably, we go hit him with some stuff that he probably ain't know nobody knew for real. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. what's going on, doggy? How you doing, man? Thanks for coming to the Connected Experience. I'm great. I'm great. Y'all are part of the um, Digital Soapbox Media family. Um, So it's always good to sit with my comrades and, you know, do do content. That's what we're supposed to do. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely been a long time coming. Like, like we always say to Steel, like, besides us and you, we the longest running shows on the network. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people done came and went, but only the strong survive. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, this is um this is something you gotta be in a in for the long haul. And I think a lot of people, when they don't see immediate results, they'll just do something else because they didn't really want to do it in the first place. They didn't love it. Um, and this is something you gotta love because love for something is when you don't make a dollar from it and you still do it correct yeah. correct and still so let's get, get excited it. to do it yeah too, that's what i'm about to say be excited, excited to do it yeah. yeah all right so man let's take it all the way back man take us back to to gregory and bedside man what was what was bedside like growing up oh man it was it was rough it was rough i, I can say my childhood was a little different when you're when you're a youth because you just play in the you don't got a care in the world. But once you hit them pre-teens and teens, that's when you see what's going on and they fighting outside and I got to partake in that. And you know me, I tell my audience all the time, if I had it my way, I just wanted to watch wrestling and play video games. I ain't want to be outside. I ain't want to be in the street. I ain't want to be, but I come from a big family with predominantly men. And the first time you see a cousin outside fighting or they turned up, you just you just in it you know now, how big is the family you said a big family how big is the family and do you got any siblings or just all cousins that grew up like siblings both um i had four siblings two of my siblings passed away last year my brother passed away then my sister passed away last year i'm sorry to hear that yeah so um my older brother my older sister i'm the baby and um it was a lot of us it was probably like um let me see about eight of us grew up in one house. That was the kids. Then we had cousins. That's always over. So any given time, it could be about 12, 13 kids in the house running around. All like two years apart, three years apart. So I was the youngest at one point. So I got to fight because I'm going to get picked on. I'm going to, you know, this, this is happening. That's happening. And um, I just got to, um, you know. Uh, uh, be a part of what's going on. I was like the runt of the the litter because I'm I was the complete baby, you know. So um, it was a lot of us. It was a lot of us. So um, in every you know, ranging from my brother had me by a lot of years. He had me by like eight nine years. So when I'm like three, my brother's already like twelve. Yeah, almost. almost yeah, eleven, twelve. Yeah, he's already. So he's kicking my you know kicking my you know my ass and doing rat tail to me and you know what I'm saying? And rat tail is when you take a towel and you fold it up like this, like a rat tail and pop, yeah. you know, he's doing all types of stuff, rest in peace to my brother. And um, then my sister's under him, then my sister, other sister's under 
her. Then my my other cousin, who I'm um, rest in peace, is under her. Then my other cousin is under him. Then my other cousin is under him. Then it's no, my other cousin is under him. Then yeah, it's, it's me. Yeah, then it's me, and then it's a female cousin, and um, everybody else wasn't born yet. But then now it's like five, six more born from my parents, my mother. This is all my um maternal grandmother side, you know. So this is like I said, at any given time, be like twelve of us in one house, you know, twelve. Like, and like I said, that don't count the neighbors' children, that don't count the cousins that's coming over, that don't count the people that live down the block. So it was a yeah, lot of us. So it was pretty fun growing up. You always had some companions and all of that. But what is Bed-Stuy like at this time? Like, like what's going on in Bed-Stuy before you, when you go outside? Like, because everybody know Bed-Stuy, Biggie, all of that. But like, describe what it was like to grow up there, period. Just when you start coming into your own, like, yeah, you such and such little brother, but you your own you you becoming your own you you like wrestling you like all of these things so as you discover your likes what is it like outside in bedside brooklyn dangerous um you know i lived on a block called waverly avenue so you have fulton street i live on waverly fulton is the the um horizontal block and gates is the horizontal block waverly would be the vertical block that you live on when you turn to go to Fulton Street, that's where the fun begins. So Waverly, you're safe <laughs> on your block. When you turn that corner, whoo, you just never know what's going on. You don't know what's going on around that corner because remember, it's a blind corner. You can't see around the corner till you get around the corner. You can see to the left a little bit, but you have to cross the street. So I live on this side of the street. You cross the street, cross the street, directly across the street from me has always been a methadone center. Yeah, so I know uh drug abusers when I see them. So when I see a lot of these artists, I'm like, oh nah, he he's um on some type of opiate. He he either sniff dope or he shoot dope or um he does some dope involved though. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, some opiate involved because I could tell their demeanor. I grew up with it from a baby, like I know their characteristics. So across the street, this is going towards Washington. That's where big is at, see gutters at, and other people is going this way. Going this way um, is is going towards Clinton Avenue and Atlantic Terminals. That's where um, Red High Love Tone is at from Trackmasters and different people. So I grew up like in the middle of a lot of entertainment in the hood. But when you turn in Fulton Street, you got the dope fiends across the street from me. So they all up and down Fulton Street. So the dope fiends is out. You know, dope fiends, unfortunately, um, when they got to get high, they got to get high early in the morning. So they're already up at 5 a.m. They're outside. Right. So it's, and I'm talking about, it's a methadone center. So right. it's so like. really outside. A like hundred of them out there. You know what I'm saying? And this is before they regulated how they move. So it's a lot of dope fiends outside. They was, they was harmless though. And they, they knew, my family been there so long. So they knew us. They knew I was the baby, you know, um, rest in peace. I know she passed away by now, but I remember a lady by the name of, uh, uh, Big Titty D, that was her name. Big Titty D, that was her name. Big Titty D, I was a baby, but she had big um, breasts. And um, I think she used to shoot the dope in her breasts. You know, um, rest in peace to her. But I remember her. And what my most thing that I remember about the dope fiends is their hands was always very, really puffy. They always had big hands. So um, 
it, it was when you turn the corner, it was different. So my grandmother, don't go around that corner. You could go to the corner, but you can't turn it because when you turn it, you're out of sight. Now, are these projects or are these uh, standalone houses? Like This is a six-apartment building that my family was in for 53 years. My mother and father actually met in that building. So you had my mother's side and my father's side. They met in the building, and every member of my family was conceived in that building. Every All of us was conceived in that building. We lived in, it was only six apartments, and we lived in every apartment in that building, at least one family member lived somewhere in that building. So it was always it was two at one time, but one time it was four. One time before I was born, it was it was uh five. All five, you know, it was only six apartments, but all five was occupied by family because when I say family, you gotta remember my father's side was yeah, in there right. too. So, you know, um, yeah, this is a apartment building. Believe it or not, in Brooklyn, you have projects. Projects are what they are. Projects have their reputation for being what they are can't never take nothing away from the project but it's the side blocks too man it, it's it's the blocks where you got that one apartment building and some dudes is thugging out of brownstones you know what i'm saying which are not now like five six million dollar homes they yeah. thugging out of there so brooklyn it would you know um i don't besides staten island i don't know anywhere else like it i never lived anywhere else um I lived in Queens for a little while, but I was in a house in Queens. But I never seen anything like like Brooklyn. It was just up. Like it is was just is that apartment building still standing? Yeah, but you know, um, I don't know what's happening with it. I mean, if I had the money, I actually would buy it because it's, it's like such a um, right there. 53 years, my grandmother. Um, so yeah, like it's it just was just home. Like, like no matter what, just make it the Waverly. Um, I remember when I was young, I would go out. And no matter where I went, because I might be in like Westchester robbing people. Um, I might be all the way in the Bronx robbing people, in Manhattan somewhere robbing people. Just get to the A train. No matter where you at, just get to the A train and make it to Clinton and Washington and you and you home. That's why I love the movie. That's why I love the movie The Warriors, because that's real. Like yeah. they're like, no, we get to this train, we're gonna get home to Coney. That's how it was for me. I might see the one train, the two train, the five. I'm like, listen, man, where is the A? I gotta, we gotta ride this till we see the A. But we know once we seen the A or the C, we gonna make it. We 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 on our way home. So yeah, that was that building is still there. So when do you discover like uh, that rap is like is it's a viable living because you uh, y'all start a rap group called Little Bastards. How old are you when this start? Um, fifteen, fifteen. I was 15 years old. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because I was already DJing um block parties and doing house parties at like 13. I was already doing it. So I didn't know that. I didn't really say I, I used to, I remember teachers asking me what you want to be when you grow up. I was like, I want to make a record, but I didn't rap. I didn't um produce. I just wanted to be on the radio because I was such a fan of um Pete Rock and Molly Marl, like I love the In Control show. I was just such a fan. So I'm like, somehow, some way, I gotta get on this radio with them. You know, whether it's um talking or or it's the DJ or the host. So around this time, um, they put me in a group as the DJ. I was the DJ, and that was it. Like I was like, hold on. I'm going to Cold Chill and Records every day. Now, all I remember, because I'm a DJ, right? So all I remember is this this pink label with orange writing that said Cold Chill and Records. But on Cold Chill and Records is my favorite rapper to this day. His name is Big Daddy Kane. 
Big so Daddy I'm like, Kane. I'm like, yo, we we where Kane is at. I didn't know Kane was leaving when we got there. He was already <laughs> leaving, going to MCA, right? I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But I'm like, nah, we with Kane. Um, what was your DJ name? What was your DJ name? DJ Dog. Okay, so it's always been something with dog. Always been dog. Yeah, that's been my name since I was like twelve. Yeah, it was it was actually G Dog. It was G Dog, and I used to wear um the Georgetown Hoyas for everything because it had the G and yeah. the dog. So that was it. I, everybody knew me for my Georgetown Hoyas, like wearing that. And I didn't even know later on in life, um, when the gang thing got popular, that was a gang thing. But I was wearing it. On now you say you um you had DJ your first party at thirteen. Do you remember yes. that? Do you remember whose party it was? Like, tell me about them it was even asking you to DJ it. It was Wendy. My my mentors in DJing name was Harry and Mark. They taught me how to DJ. His name was Harry Hash. Now Mark is incarcerated, but his name was DJ. His name is DJ Harry Hash. And I used to go to his house every day and cut Freak the Funk by Steezo every single day. So I didn't even have turntables. He let me use his turntable. He was just let me so like go ahead. And um he started, he was the main DJ. But I would like fill in because I hated playing reggae. I wasn't playing no house music. I wasn't doing that, but I would play like nice and smooth and you know them good records. And um I used to get mad at him because he used to go get high. And when he started smoking, he never really cared about like yeah, like he was just, but he's still, you know, he's incredible on the turntables, incredible to this day, incredible on the turntables. Um, so Wendy was like, let's do a party. Wendy lived on the fourth floor in Atlantic Terminals, and I was like, okay, so we did Wendy party, and the rest is history. You 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 seen house party? It was yeah. that in the small ass apartment. It was that I'm talking about. I got the gun by the DJ set. You know what I'm saying? It's mad forties. You know, um, just the whole crew in there, every girl from the hood. It's a house party. And um, shout out to Miss Betty. Rest in peace to Miss Betty. And um, yeah, we were just in there just having fun, the fourth floor, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in the projects. So it was now, windy. Now, where do the dog come from? So you said there's always been something dog. Like, where do the dog come from? I don't know. You know what? Um, Shout out to Jamel Lee from Fort Greene. His name is Jamel Lee. He was, I was going to junior high school. And one day he was like, what up, man? That's my man G, dog. <laughs> and he just like, stuck. Okay. Yeah, it sound good to me. You know, I'm like in um, seventh grade. I'm like, okay, I'm G, I'm G, dog. Then that's, that's my name. So that was it. it. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have no other name. It was just my government name. Right. So by the time the little bastards is formed, you about 17, 15 to 17. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And y'all actually get a major, a, a real deal. Y'all like get a real deal, yes. fresh out the gate. Y'all working with Tommy Boy, and y'all mm -hmm. end up working with uh the Trackmasters too. Now yeah, you, mentioned, you mentioned the Trackmasters earlier. Mm -hmm. Did you already know them by the time y'all got to work with them, or like you met them and then discovered they grew up right? No, I, I knew Tone. I know Red Hot Lover Tone, JoJo. We call him JoJo. I knew Tone. So y'all know him as Tone. His complete yeah. name is Red Hot Lover Tone. But in the hood, his name was JoJo. So I knew JoJo. JoJo was putting together a kid group. Trackmaster was putting together a kid group to rival Crisscross. But the difference is we was going to curse. We was going to be the bad kid group. So as Crisscross was all, um, you know, um, peaches and cream, rest in peace to one of them. Um, they was the, the good kids. We was the Brooklyn 
With a DJ. Crisscross had the hardest disc record ever because Jump is a disc record. Nobody ever pay attention, but the lyrics to Jump is a disc record. Let them do the research, but that's a disc record. Yeah, that's um uh, to ABC. Is it just the yeah, ABC? Yeah, yeah. Compare us to another bad little fad on the Mac. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but no, um, cruise pop by the youngsters is a response to that. I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna look into cruise, that. Look up cruise pop, yeah. And um, even the craziest by naughty by nature is a crisscross in Jermaine Dupri disc record. Yeah, he said I'm. Tretch said I'm hitting the I'm hitting Jermaine in Atlanta because he owe me loot for that jump shit. Tretch yeah. felt like jump was taking his style. Yeah, like, I can believe that too. Because I'm a hip hop historian, so we could talk about yeah, this. Yeah, 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 I just yeah, yeah. Do it because yeah, I had to yeah. play these records. See, the the thing about what made my interview, what makes my interviews, how I do my thing, is that I know the music from being a DJ. So I know the records. I have seen the records. I know who produced it. I know who did the drum drum program. But um yeah, that is a disc record to um ABC. Definitely. So and, and hold up. Oh, and we get busy by illegal is a disc. Yeah, I remember illegal. Yeah, yeah. that's a disc to crisscross. That's a disc to the family. Um that's a disc to everybody. I don't think they diss the youngsters, but yeah, we get busy on the cut, we get busy, but produced by Eric Sermon with Jamal and um I forgot the little other dude, Malik, Malik and Jamal. Malik, he, yeah, Malik. he ended up turning, changing his name to Little Hershey Loke and getting down with Snoop. Yeah, and Jamal, you know, went on to be a part of the Death Squad. Y'all want to right. talk hip hop? It's easy. Like, hey, yeah. you just go, 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 go. You but know. like, so you actually end up being a DJ for Roxanne Shantae at one point while she was yes. on tour too. So all of this is taking place while you're a kid and mm -hmm. hip hop is growing. We don't know what it's going to be yet. And these are legendary moments because you with Roxanne Shantae, Roxanne Shantae, then you do the Source tour and all of that. Now, how are you looking at hip hop? Because you really in the mix of what's going on. I'm so young. I didn't understand what I was doing because on this tour, this is a legendary tour that never took place again. It's the first and only Source tour. On this tour, it's a guy in a group called the Almighty RSO. His name is yeah. Ray Dog. His name is Ray Dog. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. goes oh, on to be Ray Benzino. So and he the Almighty RSO was actually signed to Rap a Lot Records at one point too. Didn't know that. And but yeah. I just know that these are some goons from Boston. I know that <laughs> at this time, I think I'm a little gangster. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm a little gangster, but when I seen them, I was like, the fuck? Like they had the group, um, I think it was Ray rapping, DJ Jeff two times, um, and they had another another a guy I forgot his name. My bad. So it's them, but then it's three dudes standing there, <laughs> not doing shit, but just looking evil as hell. Then it's three dudes dancing. So I'm like, hold on. That's already like nine niggas. Like, what, what are we doing? And they and I'm talking about these dudes. It's big. Remember, I'm a kid. So if somebody is six feet, they're big to you because you might be like five, 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 six. Right. So, um, uh, I got a story about how I really, really got cool with Benzino. I'm, I'm gonna get into that. But on this tour, so it's, it's it's um organized confusion. So this is a uh, Pharaoh March and Prince Paul. 
They doing fudge pudge. Um, but they got a guy with them by the name of OC. That's on um um here we go again with the funky intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um fudge pudge. Um then there's a, a guy named Lord Finesse there. And on the tour bus, because now remind mind you, we're all in tour buses together. On the tour bus, Lord Finesse has a guy with him named Buck Wild, who goes on to be the legendary producer Buck Wild. He was there, he was with us. But Lord Finesse is playing a song. And it's two people on the song that I never heard before. One of them name is Andre the Giant. And one of them name is Big L. I'm talking about this is 1992. So I'm like, yo, that Big L. I'm like, Andre the Giant. So he's like, Sally Sell Sell by the Seashell Sea. So who, what's up, what's up? I'm like, yo, Andre the Giant is nice. He goes on to be AG. Big L goes on to be where we knew he ended up being. But this is early on. The host of this tour is MC Search. The DJ for this tour is Biz Markie. You had a group called Power Rule. You had the 18. You had the Trackmasters. You had Fly Todd, the CEO of uh, Cold Chilling. You had Roxanne Chante, where I was a part of her entourage. Because what happened was, this is what happened. The source wanted Roxanne on the tour. Fly Todd said, you can have her, but you got to take the little bastards too. You got to take them. If they, if they ain't going, you can't get her, which was a, a smart move to break us because we got a taste of the role. Our performance was horrible, though. We couldn't perform for shit. We didn't know. We didn't know. We were just so used to just rapping, so we didn't know nothing about stage presence. So by the time, you know, you had the youngsters coming out and everybody doing all this, I'm like, the fuck is, yo, they performing AI? We didn't know nothing about that. Performance was horrible. I ain't going to lie. If there's any old tape of us performing somewhere, I don't never want to see that because the performance was horrible. But, um... You know, um, Power Rule, I said the 18, um, Lord Finesse was there, uh, Farrell March. So this is the thing. So OC is there with organized confusion, but he gets cool with Buck Wild and Lord Finesse and he becomes DITC. See that? He came with organized confusion. They're from Queens. He's from Bushwick, but lived in Queens as well. Then he gets cool with all these Bronx guys to become DRTC. From that tour. From that tour, um, rest in peace to Biz Markie. Um, Lord Finesse used to, you remember his style was so braggadocious. Pointing the crowd. Y'all take your girl. I'm fucking girl. You know what I'm saying? North Carolina, they ain't like that. They ain't like that in North Carolina. They they didn't like that at all. So, needless to say, I was on a I was young. Um, I think I took some girl back to the hotel. So I see everybody come to the hotel traumatized. Crazy. Long story. Jennifer. Shout out to Jennifer, wherever you at. Long oh, Dave Mays is there too. How could I forget Dave? He's one of the owners. So Dave Mays is there as well. I'll tell you about Dave Mays in a minute, too. So Mind you, I'm like 16 now. Um, they come back to the hotel traumatized. And I see Biz Markey like, OJ, give me the gun. Shout out to OJ. That's the big bro. Biz Markey like, OJ, give me the gun. Give me the gun. I'm like, Biz, cut it out. You ain't going to hurt nobody. But they said, because the Lord Finesse raps, they rolled past the rentals shooting in the rental. 
trying to kill Lord Finesse. So when we got back to the hotel, Benzino said to me, this is Ray Dog at the time. He said, yo, I don't want to see you with nobody else. I don't want to see y'all around none of these rap dudes. Y'all with me. You with me. Y'all come on my bus. Y'all stay on my bus. You, you, I don't want you around none of them because they can't protect you. And that's what forged the relationship with me and Benzino. So when Benzino later on, when he would travel and come to um, Brooklyn, he would call me. This is house phone time. This ain't beepers. This ain't cell phone. I'm too, I don't got a beeper or cell. This is house phone. Who is it? It's Ray Dog. Okay, I come to the phone. Yo, I'm going to be video shoot. Um, I need that. Pull up. Okay, get my gun. Go to the video shoot. And um, it's one of his promo pictures that that's my gun in there. One of them is promo pictures, my gun and my bullets. You know what I'm saying? For real. Like my gun and my, I think I was, I think it was a, 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 a 380. I had a little silver 380. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's like 92, 93. You know, um, so Dave Mays, what they decide to do, mind you, I'm a kid. I am a kid. I am still crazy. I was drinking beer there. I had Cisco. I'm on a tour wilding. Like, when you say what look, I never been out of Brooklyn. I'm there wilding. So they bought me a BB gun. I shot everybody with that shit. I was just shooting niggas. Like you just shooting, shooting. So I remember when the tour was almost over. Um, I remember I cried. I remember crying. I remember crying. It was like, yo, this is the last city. I think the last city was Camden, New Jersey. Camden, shout out to Camden. Y'all ain't right in Camden. Y'all off. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna front. Camden is hard body. Shout out to all the Camden dude. Camden is hard body. Oh, um, Cooley Live was on the tour too. Shout out to Cooley Live. Um, so I think Paperboy was was Paperboy there too. Paperboy was on the tour too. He had a song called Diddy that ended up doing real good. I think he was from Arizona or somewhere. On the West. Shout out to Paperboy. So I remember crying. It was like, yo, this is the last day, yo, we going home. And I'm like, home? What am I going home to? Like, I, I really didn't understand. Like, I was having so much fun. You know, you eating fast food every day, fast girls, um, just just wild and reckless. And then it was like, I'm going home. And I remember crying. I remember literally crying. Like, oh, and shout out to Fast too. Um, Roxanne Shantae, younger sister. We we grew up together. So me and her was together since then. We was on the tour. And um, shout out to Latifah, Roxanne, other sister, and Debbie and Cindy, the dancers. I got a crazy memory. I don't know if y'all know that, but I remember everything, like every aspect of everything. So um, I remember crying, like, yo, we going home. Like, now what? You know what I'm saying? And um that's when I didn't understand the business. That's when I thought it was all fun, but now you have to go in the studio. You got to record. You got to do it. I didn't know all of that went with maintaining a career. Right. Now, at this same time that you on tour, Biggie's coming up, and Bed-Stuy and Brooklyn and Junior Mafia, like, Talk about your relationship because you were the first person to actually record the Junior Mafia rapping, right? Yes. Is he coming up at this time? He's, you said he's it's 92? Yeah, he might be locally rapping in parties, but I don't think he was anywhere in... No, no, that's what I'm talking about coming up. Coming up through yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, neighborhood no, 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 type no, of... 
No, yeah. Fat Chris is Fat Chris is nice. Fat Chris is um, you know, this is the thing about Big that people don't know, and only people who know him will know what I'm talking about. Big had a very intimidating presence. Not in a fearful way, like you got beef or he gonna hurt you or he a gangster. It just he a big guy. No, but his confidence was something you never seen before. Not confidence in how he looked, not confident how he dressed, his ability. I've never seen an artist with that much confidence in their ability like him. It was almost scary. Like you could, like I remember one time he came to the crib to play beats. And um, I was shaking. I remember being scared. And I'm like, how am I scared of Bill? Whoa, whoa, calm down. I'm like, all right, calm down. Snap out of it. Yeah, he Biggie Smalls now, but this is still Fat Chris. Relax. Just play the beats. Um, he had a he had a confidence about him. He's around the neighborhood, but at this time I'm in the crib. I got turntables, so he's coming to the crib. I'm cutting records. He's rapping, and I was telling him I'm gonna get a studio. I'm gonna get a studio. I'm gonna get equipment. Yo, I'm gonna get a studio. I'm gonna get equipment. I'm gonna get a studio, and um, I end up eventually getting the studio. Pokey, because they call him Poke, but we call him Pokey. Pokey from Trackmasters um, went with me to Sam Ash. And uh, was it Pokey or Frankie? Might have been Frankie. Went with me to Sam Ash and um, we bought all the equipment. Or was it Al Richburg? I don't know which one of them. It was one of the, it was one of the Trackmasters because it's really four Trackmasters, but y'all only know two, but it was originally four. Um, Biggie is coming up. He's in the hood rapping. But like I said, man, he just, I can't say he was a superstar, but his ability to rap, you knew he, something was different. Something is something is different because Fat Chris could rap because you wouldn't be able to tell that from his character, his demeanor. Yeah. But, but when, when he, it was time to rap, it was, it was time. Yeah. It was like, yo, hold on. Nah, this nigga, this nigga nice. Like, like, Nice, like, and one of the, the, the members of my group, uh, his name was Rob at the time, he go by drama now, was revered as super nice, like super, super duper nice. So when we used to be in the hood, Big used to see us, little bastards, let's go. And he wanted to rap every time. He used to say, yo, y'all, you do two raps and I do two and we see who the nicest. And it was just, I remember, I remember Big raps. I remember the raps that he was kicking. You know what I'm saying? Do you still got the equipment that you recorded them on? I still got the SP two hundred and the nine fifty, and that's it. I still got my SP two hundred nine fifty, and I still hold on. And this is the microphone right here. This is the actual microphone that he recorded one on. See the home of exclusives. Yeah, this is the home of exclusives. Show that again. Show that. This again. the actual microphone that he recorded warning on. Um, also, Sean Price, rest in peace, recorded on here. Uncle Murder recorded on his microphone. Tech from Smith and Wesson. Aguilar, Little Kim, Little C's. Um, Jack Knight. Jack Knight is a um. Jack Knight was he's a writer for Bad Boy. He wrote a lot of stuff for Monifa. He recorded on here. Uh, another guy by the name of Red Bandit from Brooklyn recording on here. My man Cash recording on here. Um, a lot of people, my group, I recorded on here. Um, and this is a sure 57. Yeah, this is sure 58. Sure 58. Sure 58. Because I thought they told me 
that Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on the Shore 58. So I got this microphone. But no, but it's really this microphone. It's this one, but I didn't know that. I thought it was this one. So we bought this. Right. So we thought we had the Michael Jackson mic, but this is really a performance mic. This is not a condenser. This is a performance mic, but I didn't know. So yeah, but this warning was recorded on this microphone right here. Dope, dope. So the game started to change. A lot take place in hip hop. And then it's this DVD era. Yes. When this DVD era come out, you forefronting that because you're working with the, I don't know if you owned it or you were just working with it, but the come up DVD and these DVDs spread the message of whatever, whoever was trying to push and you right there with this. Tell me how you had the foresight to even know that, that these DVDs was about to be a thing. Well, I love Ralph McDaniels from video music box. Um, like he's on the camera. I, heard, I found out he's directing videos. He has a video show. He's like, give you a shout out. Like, I just wanted to be on Video Music Box as a kid. Like, this is the mecca of all media. My idols is Ralph McDaniels, Molly Ma, and Pete Rock. I'm never changed from that, right? So, um, MREC, who was, who, really is my artist, you know, was my artist at the time. Went outside of Hot 97 and was doing a documentary to show if, to see if he could get his record played on Hot 97. But he's documenting everything. He has a, a guy by the name of Light holding the camera. Rest in peace to Light. Got killed on New Year's like maybe 15 years ago. Um, holding the camera and records out there bugging the hell out of artists and asking them questions, running into K-Slay, rest in peace with K-Slay, running into running into everybody. Hot 97 outside of there used to be a hangout, but Wreck is documenting, you know, getting it where eventually he got his record played. Um, Cypher Sounds played it. So I haven't spoke to Wreck maybe like two years. I was going through a um, very dark time in my life, like very, very dark. And I remember him trying to get in contact with me and I didn't, I didn't answer the phone. I didn't answer the phone. And um, I forgot who called me. They was like, um, yo, Rec trying to get in contact with you. He got some money for you. So I'm like, oh, shit, let me, let me call him. So he wanted to pay me for some production I did for him, which he did. And he was telling me about this idea for a DVD he had. Um, and it was called Outside of Hot 97. Where he, again, he documented it. Now, at this time, I was working for a website, Pro Bono, just learning a culture called Trickology, where I was interviewing people. On one of my old iPads that don't work, I have an old Ghostface interview when he first signed the Def Jam and the Tripe Diesel interview. But the deal was I had to record it over the phone and then scribe it, type it out. I wasn't doing all that. So <laughs> the interviews never came out. You know what I'm saying? So he knew that I was doing these interviews. So, but I'm also a producer. So he needed the DVD edited and scored. So I said, okay, there's some dudes in my hood that's doing DVDs that could edit the DVD. George and Scott, who was, um, hold on, my bad, my bad, my bad. Who was Loveborn Digital was their name. Still is still around. Shout out to George. Um, Loveborn Digital. So long story short, we got up with Rec. 
I remember like yesterday, he gave me the money for the beat. I in turn gave the beat, gave the money to my former partner who had a surcharge or he was going to go to jail. So instead of me taking care of my household, which I wasn't bringing no money in, um, struggling producer, sitting around doing nothing, trying to figure it out, the money that I got in, I gave to my homeboy. And what my homeboy did wrong, he told a girl I was dealing with at the time because his girl and my girl at the time was friends. His girl wanted to know how you not in jail. You didn't have the money to pay for the surcharge. He going to tell his girl, oh, Rec paid us to do some music. But don't tell my girl because I don't want her to know. I already told her. So her thing to me was, how did you get money? You don't bring no money in the house, but you got money and you gave it to your friend. But then his girl told my girl at the time, you know, they got money, right? So it looked like I was being a piece of shit. That caused the whole thing in my personal life that just messed up my personal life even worse than what it was. Besides, my mental state wasn't where it needed to be. But long story short, we running around, we getting this DVD edited. I scored it, put all the music on the DVD, did original original beats and then took beats. And from there, Rec used to do DVD distribution as well as mixtape distribution. That's very big. When you have all the stores, you know, all the stores, everybody to drop off. So he was doing that, um, gutter music distribution. And he was distrib- distributing um, a DVD for Jordan Tower called Burn DVD. Because Jordan always was trying to break off from Fendi and do his own thing. Always was on I some think f- I remember that Burn DVD. Yeah, he was always on some fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? Just just trying to just, just being white, basically. You know what I'm saying? Just being... You know, doing what a devil do. But um, so Rec was, you know, hanging with Jordan a lot. Jordan is the video director. So Jordan wanted Rec to do interviews for the Come Up DVD. But I don't think, I don't really think Fendi ever really liked Rec. He didn't have an issue with him, but now nah, he ain't like him. You know what I'm saying? Just be honest. He didn't like Rec. So Rec says, yo. I don't want to do the interviews because I'm an artist. I don't, I'm not trying to do interviews. I'm not trying to be French Montana on the DVDs, but also doing the interviews. People are not going to take my rap serious. He said, dog could do the interviews. He's like a hip hop historian. Like he knows this. So that's where it started. So I started doing the interviews for the come up DVD. My first interview might've been SinQ. You know who SinQ is? From, um, what is that called? Teen Summit. Oh, no, no, that ain't what I was saying. All right. But now, I'm about Sin Loke. No, <laughs> yeah. Sin Q. Sin Q. From Teen Summit. From Teen Summit goes on to be Mike Rasheed, the bodybuilder. Y'all know that? This look up Mike Rasheed is a big time <laughs> that's bodybuilder. That's, that's, that's I, I know who he, I know who you're talking about. I've been researching yeah. bodybuilder like the year. That's that's Mike Rasheed. So I interviewed him early on. Interviewed uh 40 Cal. I like just a lot of people we was running around. Yeah. So at this time, I don't know if it's your next question because if you wrote them down, I'm jumping shit real quick. But at this time, we're running around getting footage for the come up DVD. So I interview um. Chic, I interview just a lot of people for the come up DVD, the Styles P edition. So I sit down with Styles P 
for hours in black and white. But Jordan is trying to get away from Fendi. It was just his idea. I'm getting away from Fendi. So we're at SOBs one night. Me, Jordan, Ray. Um, it's Mob Deep show. Saigon is there. A few people was there. Yeah. So it Saigon. Was it was packed. Yeah, Saigon had previously dissed Prodigy. Um, the night was it was just going on. I didn't want to see the performance, so I bounced. I left. Um, Rex say, I remember Rex saying before I left, yo, Jordan, get that camera ready. I see T-Dubs. He going to do something. He going to do something. T-Dubs is Tyson. Shout out to T-Dubs. That's my guy. Long story short, Mob Deep and Saigon get into it that night. That's that footage. Um, This is MySpace days. So 50 Cent also has I Get Money out. Yeah. It was called the Forbes edition. The Forbes was the three people on the Forbes. 50 Cent, Jay-Z, and Diddy. So we like, that sound like money. Yeah. It was, that's where Forbes DVD was created. Originally, Jordan Tower was a part of Forbes DVD. But he did some funny style shit and got with Worldstar. Another dude, Joe footage, though. The, 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 the original oh, footage for Worldstar was yours, right? Actual facts. The Styles P footage yeah, was the yeah, first the thing. So that's how he got. So this is how he got with Worldstar because people used to say, Google me, Google me. So I was being cute one day. I Googled me and I seen Doggy Diamonds on a site called Worldstar Hip Hop. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I see the Styles P footage and I'm like, oh, no, nah, they bootlegging. They bootlegging. You know, this is pre-YouTube. I'm like, nah, they bootlegging. So I called Jordan. Yo, Jordan, call Fendi, man. They the yeah, they got the footage, man. They 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 somehow got it on the internet and they're just playing it, you know, because DVDs was very exclusive back then. You're not seeing this footage. This is not Rap City or anything. So this type of footage is exclusive. Instead of Jordan calling Fendi and telling them to take the footage down, he called him and said, "I can get y'all exclusive footage." I got so some he, more where that came from. So he left us hanging. Because we had a deadline to do the DVD. Because if you look on the Saigon footage, I wasn't there for it, the actual footage. But if you look at the footage flashing, it's still on the internet somewhere. It says Forbes DVD dropping October 9th. Yeah. The J Hood footage. That's who J Hood was for Forbes DVD. Babs Bunny was for Forbes DVD. And so was the Saigon footage. We already had all the footage together. Um, he didn't um he left us, left Rec, me and Rec hanging. So we was like, what do we do? Like, so Rec was like, yo, the Forbes name, me and Jordan, you know, we kind of brainstorm it. You came in. Um, we all, you know, me, you and Jordan got that, but I don't want to mess with that name no more. Fuck that name. We going to do a DVD called COD DVD, Cash on Delivery. So, okay, whatever, whatever work. So he went with coaches. They went around. They got a lot of footage. They gathered a lot of footage. He ended up interviewing Fredro. Fredro said um, Brandy gave him head at the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah. Worldstar took that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Worldstar took that um, and got 
big off it. Um, that 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 is one of the first really viral hip hop clips because he was talking about an R and B singer. Facts. That, so, um, that's one of the very first viral. And, and the Saigon footage is like the yes, that was the, the Saigon was the first viral. First viral. Yeah, yeah, that was never the first nothing viral. like that. Yeah. yeah, so we was just in it, you know. Um, so it's going on World Star. We don't have a website, so I'm like, wreck now. We got clips on the internet that say Forbes DVD on the the the, the fragile footage. It says Forbes DVD coming soon. I said we can't just abandon it. We got to put out a DVD and let's get a website built. We got to get a website built. Worldstar taking it. They winning on the internet. Let's build a, a shit. Worldstar built their website off our footage. Let's build our own shit off our footage. That's where Forbes DVD began. And that's 2000 and, um, 2009. Right. 2008. 2008. 2008. Now, now, you did a lot of interviews. You did uh, Big Pun's Widow. That's what really kicked it off. That was Forbes DVD, mm-hmm. but That's what started it. that Prodigy interview, man. That when you interview P, man, that's what made me a super fan of P. Watching that, like watching them and hearing them, hearing them talk more than really just rap. So, what was that moment like? Because you knew what was going on in hip hop. You actually knew that the viral moment had happened, and now you actually get. I don't know what your relationship with P was like before that, but like. So, so I don't even after, know. Word. Yeah, I don't. I don't know most of these artists I interviewed. Sometimes I don't even know them. I don't look at bios. I don't nothing. I know the culture. So when I get up with you, I just yo, what's up with? You know the style of interview that I created is used throughout hip hop now. The because um, shout out to Sub Zero. My name, the Interview King, come from Sub Zero. Okay. Sub Zero gave me that name. He like yo, you the Interview King. Even when me and Sub Zero wasn't getting along, he was like. He do incredible interviews, though, but fuck him. You know what I'm saying? So he would diss me for giving me my props. So I yeah. couldn't get mad. And I'm like, yeah, fuck. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to Sub-Zero. That, that's 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 my guy. He you know what? That was a viral a viral moment in hip-hop, too. Ain't that who Fendi got into the fight with at the store? Absolutely. And I got blamed for all of it. I wasn't even there. Yeah, those niggas got busy at the store. I had nothing to do with that. Bro, I wasn't even there. For <laughs> yeah. I got he tried to say you was in the truck or something. Yeah, he right? tried to say I filmed it. I wasn't even there. Yeah. But, but Sub is my guy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Definitely. and that's no disrespect to him. I'm just talking no, about No, he's a all. legend. No, he's a legend in the culture, yeah. and I think he deserves more than what he gets. But again, you know, um, because Sub Zero really the first person started putting on fat asses in front of that camera too. Yeah, and then it was other stuff after that. But the Sub Zero like, yeah, is no, where definitely. that came from. And this just from the outside looking in, I can it, it's the same thing. I can see where the shit came from. Because where y'all from, Michigan, right? Yeah, Inkster, Michigan. Anchor, baby. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah, yeah. So, so again, for y'all to be getting that all the way over there. Yeah, it's deep. So, um, we doing this 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 website thing, and Forbes DVD got you know I I interview Big Pun wife, um, and that shit got like three hundred thousand views. But the advantage was I didn't know what it meant to interview Liza. Shout out to Liza and the whole family. Um, this is fifty fifty sentence beefing with Fat Joe. This is 50 is a huge site. Yeah. Ranked like number three in Alexa at the time. So when I interview Liza, they post it. Views through the roof. With the prodigy thing. Now, this is this is how deep, man. 
this is how deep life is. I think Jordan might have 10 unreleased Prodigy videos right now. He definitely got about 10, 11 unreleased Joel Santana Skull Gang videos. Facts. He has an unreleased Joel Santana interview that I did. He had an unreleased Sheik Lutz interview, interview that I did, and then he put it out and tried to mute my voice. So with the Prodigy interview, that came out on DVD. I'm Yo, y'all. This, see, this is where the people don't understand. What I've been through in this culture, a lot of people didn't have to go through what I went through. I went through a lot, and I've been doing it for 16 years. So I was the like the the the, the crash test dummy. Do it to him, and then, you know, he go through it. So I would navigate through stuff and make it easier for somebody else. So when I seen somebody else coming up, I'm like, no, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. So it it was easy for Nori to do drink champs and all that because me and Nori used to talk every day and all that. But I, I we could get into that later. So with the Prodigy interview, we bought 40 dudes by the studio and Jordan's like, yo, we gonna get up with Prodigy. So I was like, all right, cool. He's like, yo, interview him. I was like, all right, cool. But while we go on to interview Prodigy, Jordan just got a new camera. And I remember Fendi pulling up and Fendi was like, yo, what y'all doing? Now we're doing this for the Forbes DVD. And also, cause Jordan is, is back in pocket at the time. He's doing it for the Forbes DVD, but we're also doing it for Prodigy DVD. So I remember Jordan playing us. He was like, nah, I'm just here playing around with the camera, but then we ain't doing nothing. So I'm like, how you gonna minimize what the hell we doing, man? We doing big things. So <laughs> went upstairs, uh, met Prodigy. He was very um reserved, very apprehensive. Cause I remember Fendi saying to me, Yo, man, you do them interviews, they too long. You gotta they boring, you gotta get right to the point. And I was like, nah, man, people wanna know your story. Like, people wanna know your people wanna know which end up being a Frank Lucas. I interviewed Frank Lucas. It's called the Frank Lucas, uh, the come up DVD, the Frank Lucas version. Wreck held the camera for the, that's, oh damn, I forgot about that. It just popped in my head. So um, where's my Frank Lucas footage too, man? Somebody give me my, but anyway. Um, so I'm interviewing Prodigy and I'm like, yo, this is one of the nicest MCs ever. Yeah. So I seen he was, he didn't like the beginning of the interview. Wreck was smart because Jordan was historically known for not giving you your footage. Yeah. As any rapper, Jordan will shoot a whole video for you and you will never see it. So he running around greasing niggas. Oh my, oh my God. I mean, this is public record. It ain't me just saying it. Anybody will co-sign this. That's why he on the internet trying to be DJ Academics now, but he used to be a top video director. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Everything was, was a Jordan Towers film. Every Yeah, because he lied and said he owned world stars is enough matter if i ain't more really gonna talk about that lame ass nigga but um the thing was wreck is on the side filming the prodigy interview oh so that's why that that's why it's like that yeah. Yeah. so you have an hd version jordan then you got a side angle so it's two angles wreck you know being on point he was like yo i got the footage i'm like you filmed it he's like yeah there's no camera phones back then we we got flip phones we got chirps we don't there is no film and now we could do the whole thing with the iphone or whatever so um he he filmed the footage i seen prodigy was a little he didn't want to answer no questions he wasn't in the mood and i forgot what i asked him because see 
one of the keys to interviewing is you ask when you see you I, I I'm a good language I mean a good reader of body language from being from the street I could tell when somebody's disinterested I could tell when they bored I could tell when they don't fucking like me you know what I'm saying so how could I get this individual into this interview how could I get them and I remember asking them yo what was at one point niggas was saying you was nicer than Nas got him got him because it was the truth but I knew I had him he's like yeah 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 niggas was saying to me yo done you and I and that was it yeah. So ever since then, when you see him stand up, remember how animated he got when he stood up? I said, I got him. We got a yeah. class. Now. So that was it. I was like, yo. And then that was the only interview you ever saw him like that. There's yeah. no other interview of him like that. Um, And unfortunately, he's not here no more. But that's forever a moment. Shout out to Sherman the Worm, too, because I end up um seeing him in prison. I went to visit the, um one of my big homies. And Sherman the Worm was right on the visiting floor. Like, Doggy Diamonds, what's up? I'm like, Sherman, what's good? So Sherm is who he was talking about in the interview that he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout even out to from his book, even from his book, you can see from there's his always been some Queensbridge oh, against Prodigy before Prodigy because he putting that shit on. You know, I got into Prodigy kind of earlier than my brother. So what's funny is my brother got into component Noriega first. Mm -hmm. and, but like long time ago, we had went to Washington, D.C. because we was MCs and shit. And this dude was like, nah, man, y'all small. Y'all need to listen to Mob Deep. But we just was like, yo, if it ain't Northern California, we ain't fucking with it. Midwest, Northern California. But I still listen. And then when I started getting into Prodigy, it was around the time HNIC was coming out. And I, I remember because I had like this real sweatsuit. I had like a Beretta. I was like wild as hell. And that, that fucking, uh, I can never get enough of it. Yo, that's my shit. I used to just go crazy to yeah, that shit. You feel what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I just started fucking with Pete the whole time. And my brother was fucking with CNN. And we like, yo, here, listen to this. We swapped them niggas out. Like, here, you listen to this. I listen to this. But that shit had fucked me up when probably. You know that Capone was originally a member of Mob Deep? You said who? Capone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah early, early, early. Yeah, he wasn't a rapper, though. But he was, um, yeah. he was one of the crew members. He's actually on the album cover. Yeah. Oh, Look on the album cover. No, um, the infamous might be even juvenile hell too, but look on the infamous Capone is there. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. in um, uh, 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 just step. Um, give up the goods. That's Capone dancing with the hat, crooked. That's Capone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. fast forward. You always breaking boundaries. You always doing innovative stuff. Then this mm -hmm. podcast thing pop up. Yeah. And now you podcasting with Doggy Diamonds, no filter. Mm -hmm. So, how did you and Norm still start working together? Because we knew who Doggy Diamonds was, and then we were introduced to Norm Steele. Like, Steele had reached out to us uh, some years ago, and then he was mm -hmm. like, Doggy Diamonds, my business partner. So, mm -hmm. like, how did y'all come together and uh, form Digital Soapbox Media? I didn't want to do a podcast because I thought everybody was doing it, and it was kind of corny. And I'm like, if you thought that back then, you really don't want to do that shit back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Combat Jack? Juan Epstein? The hell is this thing they doing? I'm like, I've been doing that already because remember I had Forbes DVD radio on DTF radio where I would take the audio and just put the audio out. So I was podcasting before I knew what, what podcasting was. was because podcasting is a format as y'all know, because y'all do audio. All these dudes on YouTube talk about, check out my podcast. You, have a podcast. you have a YouTube show, right? So it was this thing podcasting. Everybody kept saying, yo, you do a lot of interviews, but 
I want to listen to your podcast. And I was like, okay. Um, what the hell is that? So I remember Nori telling me, yo, you don't know what podcasting is? So he explained to me that it's audio. Um, Elliot Wilson was doing EVR radio, East Village radio. Combat Jack was doing something under the Brooklyn Bridge. Rest in peace to him. Um, and I had DTF radio, but I had everybody come through. Core Mega come through. Source Money come through. Yeah, people that, Mega. I fuck with yeah, too. people that. Oh, Mega just hit me the other day too. Um, we about to do something. People who don't do interviews pull up for me. Tragedy Gaddafi pull up. So I'm like, oh now nah, I'm about to watch these dudes <laughs> with this podcast thing, you know. So um, yeah, that was it. So I started doing my podcast. I didn't. It wasn't guest driven at first because I said to myself, if you go make the guest driven, you're going to handicap yourself when you don't have a guest. So make it about you. And sometimes you could put featuring them because it's about you. It's doggy diamonds, no filter. I'm raw. Like when I want to, when I, I calm down a lot. I used to be on the thousand. I'll be like, yo, that nigga corny on Twitter. Like, oh, man, I knew Nas album is whack. And everybody be like, how could you say, man, fuck Nas? And I would just would just stand on it and just be like that. Um, and that end up, I could say it didn't hurt me, but niggas was pussy though. Niggas was scared of that rawness that you see everybody doing now that they don't give a fuck and they tell. I was doing that in 09. I was doing that in 08. You could go look back at my old tweet. I had to delete tweets because they were so inflammatory. I'm dead ass. Like when we was getting deals the situation, I was like, Oh, hell no. I remember, oh, delete that. You know what I'm saying? There still might be some crazy stuff up. So um, I started doing it. And then I remember a guy named Norman Steele um, hit me, emailed me. He was like, yo, you're not signed to a podcast network? They got um, loudspeaker network. They got a different, you're not part of none of them? I was like, no, like I've been hitting them to get a part of their network. They won't respond to me. Like they don't answer me. So he was like, wow, you in New York. Like he like, yo, you one of the first persons doing this. Like, why won't they respond to you? I was like, I don't know. I hit Combat Jack a few times. I hit uh, Chris Murrow a few times. They just don't answer me. Then enters Taxstone. And I'm like, damn, this persona is fucking familiar as fuck. Like, that's why they don't fuck with me, because they got somebody that's similar to me. He don't give a fuck. He from Brooklyn going to say how he feel. So it can't be two of us. So they chose him, which was cool. So Steele was like, fuck it. I want to start a network and I'll sign you. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Like, let's make it happen. Then he hit me back and said, yo, nah, I can't sign you. Like, you're like the forefather of this shit. Let's just be my partner and let's just put it together. And that was it. We just was like, okay. He's like, you already got a name. Did you the Soapbox Network? All we need is we got you as the flagship show. I got an idea for a show called The Gangster Chronicles. And we just got to find talent. And um, that was the search. And as y'all know, because y'all part of it. We had a few shows, but they didn't get what podcasting is, that it's a weekly thing. And even if sometimes, you know, when I get caught up, it was times where I didn't drop for like a month or two. But then when I come back, I'm going to hit you with like five in a row every day. You know what I'm saying? 
And a lot of people don't understand the podcast game, the podcast culture, because they hear these faux situations. Other people, oh, he got this million dollar deal. I'm like, yo, the niggas is lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It didn't get shit. Like they might have got a little something, but you going off of what you think they got. So you thinking you should get what but they you get. Should get that have too, this right? content. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's how digital soapbox formed. Um me and Steel was doing business, never even seen each other in person. Everything was FaceTime, phone. Until we went to California, it was the same way. But you know, yeah. niggas, niggas didn't know that. Niggas couldn't tell that the crew was so strong. Like niggas yeah. don't know. Like niggas is really on fucking three way cars. Yeah, yeah. No, we we definitely we we handled the business and and we you know um sending paperwork through the emails, signing this, sending this back. Yo, bro, I got this. Send it back, yo, bro. And um, like I said, I can't say I knew Steel for ten years. I can't say, but the the the, the five years that I know him, he always been solid. Never lied to me. Um, never gave me too many expectations and just, I just appreciate the fact that, yeah, we didn't get what other people have gotten, right? Because it's still, but despite what people think, it's not a lot of money in podcasting. You really got to love this shit. You do it for the love and from the love, something could come from it. You know, if you do anything long enough, something going to come from it. So, um, you know, I, I got a lot of love, you know what I'm saying, for, for still, for just believing in me. And even though, like, you know, I don't talk direct, like, um, we haven't spoken in years. I don't talk to Jordan. Um, I we always have love for them for what they did. That's why I don't talk bad about them. You know what I'm saying? I, I say fuck Jordan because I always say fuck Jordan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, so look, though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you one. Okay, so two things, right? Mm -hmm. Watching Benny the Butcher mm -hmm. talk to you made me press play on Benny the Butcher. Before that, I had I never listened to Griselda because I don't buy into the hype, right? Mm -hmm. I can sit here and tell you right now, I've never heard Kendrick Lamar uh, first album because mm -hmm. it just was too hype. And I like to discover stuff when I discover stuff. You're just like me. Right. It's, I can't say, like, okay. Hey, buddy. Yo, yo, I'll hear it when I hear it. Yeah, right. I, I just did nothing against him, but let me discover it how I like to discover music. He Kendrick, you out here, we know you 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 that, but everybody was going Griselda crazy, right? And I always stay away from shit when people say we bringing this place back. This the old such and such. Yeah, That's right. all they was doing selling uh right. Griselda. So I'm you're like, right. I ain't I ain't pressing play on that shit because I still listen to shit that I fuck with from New York. Mm -hmm. I watched him on there. I said, okay, I fuck with Doggy. Let me go press play. I press play on his shit, but press and play on his shit is how I discover Conway, right? Because, mm -hmm. hey, Conway is fucking phenomenal. And you can't take nothing away from none of them, but that's how I discover Conway. And I'm about to tell you the one that really set this shit off and set the internet on fire is when mm -hmm. you was talking to Ali Vegas. <laughs> and Ali Vegas said so much stuff in that interview that people always people thought... Remember, you know, a lot of stuff went over people's head because they really... See, the, the, the good thing about long interviews is if you are a fan of the culture, you're going to pick up everything that we're putting down. But if you are a sensationalist who, who want to, to sensationalize the clickbait, the, the, that profit muscle YouTube shit be doing, then you're going to go for the headline. And when it's not a punchline, or, or something sensationalized, you're not going to sit there and watch because, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to keep it real, black people have the attention span of flies. 
You know what I'm saying? So even when I'm live sometimes and I'm talking, people want to be like, yo, who we talking about? Who we going in on? And it's like, nigga, I'm giving you some vital information and you worry about who I'm dissing or who I'm beefing with. Right, right. So um, the Ali Vegas thing, um, DJ Big Imp was my DJ at um, DTF Radio. And he hit me like, yo, you want to interview Ali Vegas? And I'm like, Ali Vegas? Yeah, fuck it. Because I, I don't turn down interview. Like, you know, I turn down a lot of big names because you're doing a press run. You're going to give me five minutes. Fuck right. you. We don't man. do press runs either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So y'all know where I'm at. Had the same outfit on. And yeah, yeah, on. yeah. And I got five minutes and then, and then the PR is like, okay, wrap it up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, oh, even though I got a Scarface press run interview that ended up being an hour because he vibed with me so hard. And I remember who kid, you was right after me and he told you to wait. <laughs> I'm talking to this dude, me and this dude talking about something. I still got the footage somewhere on DB. But um Ali Vegas. Um I remember just we just first of all, me and Ali Vegas is uh Ken because our birthday is like a day apart. Me, Ali Vegas, Poison Pen, and Taji from the youngsters, Taj Mahal. All our birthdays. One, two, three, and a, and a female by the name of um, Star, who used to be rock with MF Doom. All our birthdays. So me and Ali Vegas had a weird connection just off the muscle. I, I, I can't. It's, yeah. you know, when you do interviews, sometimes it's so special in the moment. You know it. Like, yo. Yeah. I yeah. just went platinum. Yeah. I, you just like, yo, no, this is like this shit. the one right here. We just killed this. This is shit. yo, bro. We are out of here with this. Yeah. We bodied this. So when I did the Alley Vegas, the vibe was just, you know, we just two raw dudes. He from Queens, but he was in Farragut. I'm from the town, Brooklyn. And we just just vibing. You know, my interview style has always been conversation. It's never been QA. So nobody's ever felt pressed because it's not like you don't you're feel like packing them, yeah. Yeah, packing them. That you don't feel Wendy Williams. You feel like you just telling talking with the homie. So um, man, we was just going, going, going. And we have a similar background because he was with Trackmasters too. So he know the the system that I was in. I was in it first. Yeah. I was in it first. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you 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 how they created the system. This is what I'm saying. Facts. My group is the first group that dealt with track masters, then Pudgy the fat. And I got a Pudgy interview somewhere that's little Ali Vegasy. <laughs> I didn't put it out. And it's 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 right before I grew my beard in. Yeah. So it's gonna when I put it out, it's gonna look a little old because I don't have a beard. So yeah, I got a Pudgy in, but Pudgy is my another one that was there. He, he, I, I was there with him. I was I was there. I was a kid. And he remember I remember being in the studio and we listened to music and I was like and that shit whack. Right in the studio while the person is recording. I forgot who recorded. He was like, yo, dog, yo, don't do that. You can't do that. But I always had no filter. I always, because I was like this. I'm going to say what I want. If you don't like it, we could fucking fight. Always been like that. Always had a big mouth. Always just didn't give a fuck. If you don't like it, then it's whatever. But I'm not going to mask the truth to cater to your ego. That's right. what the industry is. So with the Ali Vegas though, bro, yeah, I knew, I knew we broke the, I knew we broke the internet. Like I knew, shout out to Independent Dope. When I seen it with them, 
Because what happened, right? We do this segment where he said about the parties. You know, they, they grab your, your dick and yeah. And I remember the early comments. If, if you go to the video, because it's out, it's about to hit five million views, right? If you go to the video and you hit earliest to latest, people saying we lying. Oh, this is what people say when they can't get on. The best thing that happened, unfortunate thing for him, but the best thing for us, Terry Crews came out two weeks later and said, the dude grabbed my junk in the party. I was yeah. like, Vegas, we lit. He just he no, confirmed it. He, he confirmed, confirmed it. Yeah. This is a this is a superstar. This is a A-list um actor. This ain't no little bitty nigga either. This, this is, is a... what I'm saying. And and he didn't he didn't park him. Dak took it. I remember he's at two million views. I'm like, holy shit. Like, yo, it's up. And then from there, I was like, yo, nah, I gotta keep it in this vein of exposing the industry, exposing the industry. Cause I, I you know it's funny. I just felt like that was my calling. Um, when I when I came in the culture so young, I used to see shit, and I'm like, so y'all just drop artists and shit? Like y'all just escort them out the building and what's up with such and such? Oh, we don't fuck with him no more. Why? Oh, because and I'm like, so y'all don't talk to them? Like it's over? I didn't understand the cutthroat mindset of the business, and I was like, no, nah, that shit ain't right, man. You can't be doing that. So when I was like, when I get in a position to have a voice, I'm going to speak for the voiceless. Whoever got done wrong by this industry, you got people parading around and you know you took people publishing, you know you fuck people over, you know you do all types of shit. Nah, we got to let that shit be known to the world because it's not right. And the problem is we could blame the powers that be, the execs, this, exec, that. But what about that nigga who did it? You understand what I'm saying? What about the nigga who was the hired gun to fuck everybody around? Because the executive is not going to go to the projects. They sent him to the projects. And he right. did the fucking. He did all that shit. So let's say how he's a fuck nigga. You know what I'm saying? And that changed it. That that just changed the way everybody do their interviews. Now everybody talking about the interviews. I'm like, see, this is what I don't like, though. I don't like when people so-called expose in the industry and they regurgitating shit. I'm been in the industry I've been in the record labels I know the artists personally who the fuck do you know you don't even know a janitor in the label how you talking about what goes on in the, in the record labels and what because they, they trying to expose the industry hoping to get in the industry you still see, you feel and that's what I, but see but this is what I don't like bro it's just certain people I never do business with I just won't do business with you because shit I don't think I'm exempt you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you fuck like, them off, yeah. you fuck them off, you fuck... If you fuck four niggas, I don't want to be five. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't think... See, I don't think it's them wanting to be in the industry. I think it's more so of... YouTube has become lucrative. So, it's like everybody's trying to have these viral moments. So, you have people sensationalize you. You have people lying. It's the, it's the boule doing this. And then I'm like... You have no scholarship or nothing that you're talking about. You're taking pieces of me. You're taking pieces of what he said, and you're combining it and remixing it, and people will run. Like, it's a guy who got all my interviews on his channel, and he's reacting to it. But don't tag me in the interviews. Don't say, yo, you see the full interview here. And I got to flag your fucking punk ass, too. Yeah, because I, I don't mm. even think shit like that should be possible if you're not 
basically citing your source. You you should if you react to somebody's video, you should have to tag them so people know and can check out the whole thing. Yeah, give me a because he got more he got more subscribers than me off my shit. Right, right. We 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 seen a nigga tell a story that he for sure heard on our podcast because the artists don't do interviews and he's never told that story and act like that the artist told him. But this is but this is the the culture that we're in. Once the, the people think the money is lucrative, they just start doing anything. See, a lot of people don't love this culture, as y'all know. We do shit. And certain things we don't make no money off of. We don't get paid, but we still do it. We still do. It. We still go. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. It might you, shit. You might get five dollars. You might get two dollars. Shit. Remember our Himalaya deal? We got beat. You know how much money I got off the Himalaya deal? <laughs> I ain't get shit. Yeah. You know and I ain't I, get no and money. I don't even think that company exists no more, bro. I didn't get a dollar. Now y'all are all signed to the company, right? You know what our paperwork say, yo. Y'all got paid? Y'all got still a couple of dollars, right? No, I, I don't think off the Himalaya. I got because we've been with a few a few different people. So no, nah, I think y'all did. I think y'all got something off the, the, the Himalaya podcast. Remember when they did pay? Because did y'all y'all got the Raycon and all that too, right? The Raycon. The, uh, the Raycon earbuds. Y'all got no, those? we didn't get that. We didn't get that. I didn't get that. Did y'all did y'all get the Express VPN? No, I think that was really just for you. You uh, you got the right kind of express VPN. Yeah, I got all that in the manscape. Yeah, I got yeah. that. See, we ain't I get ain't that. I ain't got no fucking money though. Yeah, I ain't get shit. I got a code and free shit. I want no free shit. I ain't no bitch. I want some money. Right, I can <laughs> buy my shit with the money I'm supposed to get. Fool, that's what I'm saying. So I ain't get no bread, bro. And um, again, I'm I'm still here. Still gonna come back. Still gonna come back. I'm like that, that 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 drunk. Old washed up boxer that won't think I just got one more punch in me, you know what I'm saying? But I love it so much that I still got more ground to cover. You know, this culture is so deep because it's a lot of twists and turns. But if you love it, I've been in this since I was 15. What else do I know? What else you gonna do, right? Because even if you do something else, that's what I tell people. Like me and I, we love discovering new artists. I don't give a fuck where you from. If I think you dope, uh, but like I be telling like uh the people in my life, I say, I'm just like the dope fiend when it comes to music. I don't give a fuck how many times I tell you I don't fuck with this shit no more. When I when I find yeah. a new artist, I, yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah. You you like, it's, it's, it's a I remember doing an interview. Yeah. I remember doing an interview. Um, this dude hit me up, email, said, "Yo, could you interview um my artist Fetty Wap?" I was like, "All right, two hundred dollars." So they paid me. PayPal paid me. Let me see if I can find that PayPal transfer somewhere. So Fetty Wap come through. He sits down. This nigga got one ass eye. And a little Afro type flat top. He talking cool as shit. Cool as hell. But I'm like, this nigga not going to, this nigga ain't going to make it. Like this shit was a waste of my time. So I say, yo, you got some music? Rest in peace to my um old DJ, um DJ Blazita. So he give a pocket full of roll. Sit your pretty ass on the ground and feel the roll. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he left. We was laughing. He like, yo, you heard that shit? You know me. I don't give. I'm like, yo, you heard that shit? That shit trash. That nigga. Oh man, he he be better off getting a glass eye, just going to 
two weeks later, it was number one on Billboard. I said, yo, that's the nigga I just interviewed? Like, yeah, that's anyone. I'm like, oh, shit. That's when I knew. Damn, I don't know the climate like I used to because it's not the music is what they're willing to invest in. They yeah. thought it was worth putting money behind. So they put the money behind because they paid me, right? Yeah. So imagine all the people that they paid to push this music. And it worked. Another time, yo, because you interview Davies. I'm like, who? Davies? So I know a super Dave West from De La Soul. So I asked him, yo, you got your name Davies from Dave West? You're like, who the hell is Dave West? So then he plays his music. And in the beginning of his music, he's like, I look like a boss. I sound like a boss. I'm like, yo. That's my Max B interview. He like, for real? Say, yeah, that's for my Max B interview. <laughs> you even know that shit. So I'm saying the universe, um, we question stuff, but we also got to remember the universe is perfect. Everything yeah. always going to align. Like, we fuck up the universe. We go against our gut feeling. We go against science. We go against different things. If you let it flow, take your time, everything is going to come to you. You know what I'm saying? You don't run and chase nothing. You attract it. You yeah, know, that's how we live too, bro. Yeah. Uh, think about it. You say she's attractive. So yeah. when somebody's attractive, you gravitate towards your attraction. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times, and I believe in the laws of attraction of a different way, but just not the corny ass way that people think of, yo, I hope I get a million dollars. I, I think about, yeah, I hope I live for another three years. I hope I live for another five years. I hope that I get the foresight. I hope I get the wisdom. I hope that, um, the days that I'm feeling bad, I find a way to get out of it. I hope babies eight. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm different because yeah, I'm a survivor. Like I'm 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 gonna be good. If I if I ever in my life had to go back to live with roaches and rats, I could do it. Shit ain't nothing to me. But you don't have to because let's talk about this uh latest accomplishment, man. 50 million views on YouTube. That's yeah, that's one bro. channel though. That's one channel. That's what I'm saying. Put that out there. Yeah, on 50 million views, man. Um Reason why I I I I love it and it's personal to me because I got the dopest supporters, man. Like they like really like my family and they really stand with me and believe in me, man. And and that shit is different when you got people who want to see you win because people that I know, yo, they don't give a fuck about me, man. Except for my cousin Tad and like um a couple of other my relatives, um the brothers. Um, Blizz, Koku, Steel, of course, but yo, nobody don't give a fuck about me because it looked like I've been chasing the dream. I've been doing this since I was 15, so they're like, oh, you doing that rap shit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's what, you know, at one point, bro, when you was doing music, you was a clown. You know that? At one point, when you was doing, y'all know, when you, you, y'all niggas rapping. Right, oh, yeah. Not everybody to, rap. Like, yeah, my daughter Let's get this money or let's this with So, I, I never gave up, you know what I'm saying? And it's times where I took time off, but I never gave up. So the 50 million is personal to me because I did it with integrity. I didn't do it with clickbait. I didn't do it with being misleading. And I felt like everything I did never took away from the culture. So 50 million, although some people got more than that, but that was something to me because I did it being doggy diamonds. And um, it's very difficult being me because a lot of people don't believe in my way of doing stuff. They no, they believe in it because you can see it replicated yeah, yeah, yeah. over and they, over with. But this is what people yeah. do. This this is what people do. People try to discourage you from being you so they could be you. Right, yeah. right. 
that's what that's shoplifting. You like or, yeah, or yeah, they try to hang I, out with you to 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 steal your your little your, the stuff that's about you. Know what you. I call it? We call I call it, it yeah. I call it rogue. Rogue from the X Men. They touch you, then take your power and your energy. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it rogue. So, um, I didn't. You know, when I first started doing interviews, bro, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know that. You know, I spoke to my to to my super duper big homie Easy Easy Moby the other day, and he was like, "Damn, dog, look at you, man. You a legend." And I'm like, "Like, yo, I remember when you was a little kid. Like, look at you. I'm like." Damn, Mo, I don't really get a chance to look at myself, like, cause I'm so in it. Like, I don't. I watched my Fiend interview yesterday. I named. I never watched my interview. I was sitting there like a film. Like, oh, this shit like a movie. Oh shit, this shit is dope. And I, I, I'm so in it that I don't step out of it. I never watched my Only Vegas interview ever. I never watched it. Oh, go press play on that bitch. That's what I'm saying. So, bro, I'm, look, yeah, it's yeah, gonna make you like, a fan. It's gonna yeah. make you a fan of you. Go yeah, press so, play so, on that. So sometimes I'm so in it that I don't understand what's going on, why it's going on, because I'm trying to capture moments and I'm like, all right, next, what's next? That was it, that was yesterday. This today. I don't have no time to hit like on my post. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, now I'm doing this. So I just think so futuristic. I got another plan uh for the future. I'm not telling nobody because niggas bite shit. So I'm just gonna do some new innovative shit soon too. Um, shout out to my brother Tadro. And they're gonna be like, Well, we didn't think of that. Because y'all don't think, you know, I if if I don't create, it's over for me. So, you know, like every graphic you see, everything you see, every font, I make this shit. So I find fonts. Like I got I sit here some days and download two, three thousand fonts. So while dudes is drinking, smoking, messing with a chick or in the movies with a chick or, or all that shit. I be here creating shit. I be here brainstorming and just having fun. And again, that's not for money. That's for love. So when I see people talking about how much money they make and all that shit, like you don't love this shit because my question to all these people that rename themselves creatives, I hate that fucking word. Oh, but man. yeah, all you people, if it was no money, would you do it? Definitely you didn't not. make a dime, but but see, but but see, this is what we need to do. We got to start posing that question to them, because when you pose that question to them, that makes the audience realize who's the real culture vultures. Because I can't just pick up a BMX bike and say, "Yo, I'm a biker." Why well, you got to put in that work? That's a culture vulture. I can't just say, "Yo, I'm a biker," because you're gonna be like. So what's the difference between a mongoose, a GT, and a hutch? I I, I was a biker. No, no, I was a biker, so I, that's a dumb. Right, question right, right. But I do know, you know what I'm saying. What's what's a rotor? What's freewheel? You know what I'm saying. What's a ball bearing? What's a mag reel? What's what's you know what I'm saying. What's pegs? So what's a bunny hop? What's an endo? You know what I'm saying. This is shit that I know because I rode bikes too. But I can't just say yo, I'm a biker because it's people who just put in more work than me. So what I normally do. Whenever I get into a new venture, I try to sit at somebody's feet and say, yo, yo, I'm the, I'm, when it comes to interviews, I'm the boss. But when it comes to this shit, you my teacher. You know what I'm saying? Yo, show me how to do this and show me how to do that. And I like to give people full credit because as much as I'm honored, there is people who added on to who you think I am. You know well, what I'm before saying? we get up out of here, where can people find you at, man? 
right there you see that url or if you're listening which you should be listening you should be subscribed you should leave a five-star rating with a comment it's very very important for you to do that on um apple music leave a comment um you can find me on doggy diamonds no filter i'm on youtube almost like every damn night of my life sometimes two three times in a day youtube.com slash doggy diamonds tv subscribe hit the bell to get notifications but being that youtube likes to play with my notifications and do stuff i created a website to where you'll get a notification every time so all you got to do is go to the interviewking.com and just sign up as soon as i go live as soon as i upload content it will be in your email for sure because i make sure you get it so um there my audio podcast is doggy diamonds no filter on apple podcast spotify um, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, every podcasting format is, is there. I'm on um social media. I tweet a lot. I'm on Instagram, and everything is Doggy Diamonds. I'm on TikTok, Doggy Diamonds TV. I got a Reddit, Doggy Diamonds TV. I got a Pinterest, Doggy Diamonds TV. I'm on Snapchat. I'm everywhere. So you, so anybody that say, "Yo, man, I rock with you," I, I don't know where that you are lying. You're a motherfucking liar. You're a motherfucking because I'm very accessible, a people person, and I I just move off of energy and love. So anybody who show me love, but don't try to show me love and then slide me your music. That shit ain't gonna work because I can see right through that. <laughs> Might don't snap you, your hand away. Yeah, don't yeah, don't try to yo OG me and then slide your music in there. That shit ain't gonna work. I'm telling you right now, if you fuck with me, fuck with me, and if I fuck with you, I'm going to hear you. We live in a pole world. Right, we don't have to push anything on anybody. Anything we want, we extract it, we pull it. If I want to hear motherfucking Raspberry Beret right now, I don't have to wait for it to come on the radio. I can go find it. So if I fuck with you and I want to hear your music or whatever you do, I'm going to find it. Don't think you could keep sending it to me, DM me, yo, listen to this, tell me what you think. I don't think shit. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? I never told you to rap. I'm not your fan. Nine times out of ten. You rapping some freestyle over a beat that I heard already, and I like the original more than what the fuck you did because you rhyming in the same cadence that they did. You just changing words around. That shit is karaoke, bro. Or sis, don't do that shit to me. I'm not a fan of a lot of rap. You know what I'm saying? Because it's rare that I'm impressed. I'm just, I'm like, the fuck right, out right. of here. I hey, so, so like, you know, like AJ said, I just go to my go tools, you know what I'm saying? And when right. I get introduced to new shit, I'm going to slowly get around to it, but I'm not a bandwagon dude. I don't give a fuck if the whole world is talking about it. You could catch me in the corner not speaking like Ghostface. I ain't listening to that shit because <laughs> I don't, because again, people taste the music. I know we don't got the same taste. Just like some people taste in women. Oh, she bad. She, man, that bitch is right. Yeah, so right. I'm saying, like, come on, man. Like, so, right. you know, but I, but I do, um, the, the most important message is that, you know, us sticking together, us working together. And just because you won, that don't mean that I lost. That's that got to be the mentality. Just because you, you won, won don't that don't mean I lost. Just because it's your time and people clapping for you. I'm going to be in the front row clapping the loudest. When when Nori started doing his thing, man, I was calling him, yo, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Excited because it wasn't even about me going to show. He asked me to come on Drink Chance five years ago. I said, no. So why? I said, I'm not ready. Like, I got to wait till I get a few more things together. And um, when when I finally got my time to go on there, you know, it was my time. You know, it was my time. And um, 
I don't, I don't, in this culture, if you're not adding on because you love it, I don't got no respect for you. If you adding on, you know, like T.I. doing a podcast and then say he stopped because he wasn't making no money. That shit is so disingenuous to me. Right. So get the fuck out the way. Get like, the fuck out the way. Because you're going to get A-list guests because you're T.I. Right. And but that's, that's, I mean, you know, that's funny, but yeah. you ain't even the best conversations. You know what I'm saying? And that ain't even just T.I. It's a bunch of people. Just get the fuck out the way, bro. Check and, the catalog. We've been doing this. We going to keep doing this. And y'all going to fall off because y'all ain't make no money. If y'all don't love this shit, that's like me going to hoop. Nigga, I don't love that shit. I ain't even watching it. I, yo, I'm doing what I, don't I like do. I don't, I can't play basketball. I'm only one of the black men who admit I can't play basketball for shit. You know, it's deep too, right? Because, and, and this is important that we have to say this. Artists, when we interview you, I don't give a fuck who you are. We're doing you a favor. You're not doing me a favor. We're doing you a favor because I could just talk to me and people going to watch me. But I decided to bring you on my platform because let's talk about you. So it took me 10 years to get on camera because it was about the artist. It wasn't about me. Then when I realized these artists were selfish and lazy, I said, fuck that. Now I'm the artist. You know what I'm right. saying? Now I got my shit. Now I got my Versace's on. Now, now I'm the artist. Now it's going to be about me. And you believe people was mad as hell at me. Like, yo, fuck you on camera for yo, you. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, not everybody on camera. No, do you know Literally. after my Champs interview, um, I got people I ne that never spoke to me again that was mad at me because I was on TV. I'm, I, I didn't speak to certain people since that day. That it, that's, that's that's disheartening. Mad as fuck at me. Like, I did, like, I mean, fuck, hold on. Fuck them. I, I don't give a fuck. fuck. But I'm just saying, I ain't speak to them in a while. That's the voice of reason. That's what they know that from my show. That's the <laughs> yeah. That is the voice, voice of reason. reason. Mother, mother made you, you mother, mother had you, mother fuck you. You know what I'm saying? So it is, it's, that's why I had to put out there. When it was other people's time, bro, I sat, I sit back and I clap. I call you. I congratulate. Like I'm not one of the people's, this should be me. I started this podcasting thing. No. Congrats. Salute to them. You know what I'm saying? Salute to them. Especially if they black. But don't do deals with these, these bankers and these euros and then act like you holy and then thou because I know, come on, man. I know the back end. I know the back end of the game. I'm not just somebody who's doing it. No, I know the contracts. I know the culture. I know that you're lying. I know that you're lying about, yo, he doing this amount of views and numbers. I'm like, no, he not. Yes, he is. Look at his numbers. I say, okay, he got 30,000 views. Why he only got 10 comments? So you're trying to tell me it was watched 30,000 times, and but only it 10 people. Vacation? Come on, he bought those. He paid for those. Look at the subscribers. They don't get no... So again, it's a lot of trick fuckery. And I built myself off integrity, not because I thought I had to have integrity. No, because I just got it. I was, I've been like it's this. It's in me, baby. It's yeah, like I, I ain't gonna. You can't teach some no. of this shit. You but I wanted to tell y'all, man, um, the connected experience. You know, we we family. Anytime I could come back, I'll come back. I talk for a living like y'all, so I'm gonna shut the fuck up because we will be here till 10 o'clock tonight because I just talk, 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 talk. I, I love I love yeah. when I get a When is your birthday? You a Gemini? When is your birthday? Yeah, February 25th. February 25th. Okay, because I'm a Gemini and I talk a motherfucker to death. I talk you. Yeah, man, but man, you know what, though, bro? <laughs> but 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 look, but but let's look at the duality. If I don't like you, I ain't saying shit to you. 
A thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I don't exactly like right. you, I'll be like, You're exactly mm-hmm. right. Yep. But um, yo, make sure you know the audience that can hear my voice. Um, make sure you support, you know, people that are doing this on an independent level, just because they're not in front of the screen, just because they're not the magnifying glass is not on them. That don't mean they're not doing a good job. The onus is on you. If you want change, if you want to see different things, if you want to see people win, if you want stuff, you have all the power. The power is not in the corporation. The power is in you. So you could change. You could make the next star. You can do that. You do that. Stop being programmed by the programming. Stop falling for the trends in what you see. Sometimes you have to dig. Diamonds, that's my name, is formed under pressure. Pearls have to be dug up. Gold has to be dug up. All Anything that's precious has to be found. Anything that's put before you really don't have no value unless somebody tell you has value and you believe in the word instead of believing in the value. So when you have these shows that you see got 100 episodes, 200 episodes, just dig through them. You might like one. You might like two. Everything not going to resonate with you. You're not going to love everything. You're not asking you to love everything. We're just asking you to give it a shot, give it a chance. Because it ain't going nowhere. You're going to have to get used to it. And all that shit you think you love and fuck with eventually going to stop. Once their money dry up or once another situation come up, they're going to abandon you. But the people who did it because they love it, always going to be here for you, giving you good content. So, again, make sure you hit that subscribe on the Apple podcast. And it's just as simple as if you got an iPhone, listen, go right in your iPhone. You have the podcast app. Go in there. Search the Connected Experience. It's right there. You got Spotify. Go in Spotify. Search the Connected Experience. Hit the subscribe button. You don't even have to listen. If you don't listen to every episode, if you get to it, you get to it. But at least subscribe to it. Because when we go get these, trying to get these situations and, and, and you know, telling people what we're capable of, we need your analytic. We need your number. We need your number for leverage because everybody uses these numbers for leverage and their numbers is bought and paid for. We're not into that. We're going to give organic. So I'd rather have a, a, a real 5,000 real listeners than to have 500,000 fake listeners. Fake that, you know what I'm saying? So again, y'all the real, y'all the people that control it. Y'all have the power to change the industry. Y'all have the power to change a lot. The demographic is on you. It's just like voting. You got to go out and you, you got to you gotta campaign for us on the independent side because a lot of us is not on the take. We not bought. We never sacrifice our integrity. We ain't dancing around. We ain't shucking and jiving. We not cooning. We not making y'all look bad. We, we making y'all look good. And you could say, yo, now nah, I'm proud of him because when it comes to the depiction of the black man, the black woman, the black child, or just a, a, a person being a good person, this is who I could look at and say, damn, they don't make him like this no more. So with that, man, I'm Doggy Diamonds, man. I thank y'all for having me. Until next time, because I'll be back. Right. <laughs> we gonna y'all, y'all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we could do that, definitely. I don't use stream, y'all. Y'all got Zoom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like stream, y'all. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod. Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod. SJ, where they can find you at? They can find me at one sljackson.com where they can order the uh where they can order their copy of the award winning novella, Animal Instinct, the Urban Jungle. You see the poster in the back. Or you could go to Amazon and type in the Adventures of Shelby Sunshine, where you can order my children's book series that I write with my daughter, 
or you could type in Justice for Nikesha, A Father's Pain, the recent true crime novel that I just released with Calvin Hawkins. We was uh, in the top 10 of the new releases. So I'm an award-winning best-selling author. So you can find Ooh. me any way that way. I'm Santuan. I'm Antoine. I want for my brother. What I want for myself. <laughs>